Live from the WLI WFM studio in Southampton, New York. I'm Gianna Volpe. And let's see, Monday, December 4th, 2023. Incoming Suffolk County Executive Ed Romaine has been tasked with making one of the most consequential decisions of his administration before he's sworn in, selecting a police commissioner, Nicole Fuller, reporting on Newsday.com that Romaine, a Republican who won election in a decisive 14-point victory last month and will begin his tenure in January, said recently he would eschew the national searches for law enforcement talent favored by his predecessor and instead look locally in an effort to fill the post expeditiously. Applicants already have begun submitting resumes, Romaine told his transition team last week. His team has named a working group of law enforcement officials to advise him as he examines candidates for the post, overseeing about 2,500 sworn officers. Outgoing Police Commissioner Rodney K. Harrison, who was appointed by outgoing Democratic Suffolk County Executive Steve Ballone, announced his retirement in early November after a two-year tenure. In other news, employer-sponsored health insurance premiums are increasing an average 5.4% to 8.5% for 2024. But consultants, brokers, and business groups say many employers are paying most or all of the cost of the rate hike. David Olson reporting on Newsday.com that a key reason is the tight labor market, unsubsidized premiums for the nearly 7 million New Yorkers who get insurance through the Affordable Care Act are increasing an average 14 to 17 percent, according to a policy group's analysis. But most policyholders will not pay for any or most of the increase because of federal income-based subsidies, inflation, the increasing popularity of expensive weight loss drugs, the expansion of high-cost gene and cell therapies, and other new treatments and consolidation of hospitals and physician practices are helping drive premium increases, experts say. Premiums are the amounts paid to insurers to keep policies active. The Southampton Inn is among the Long Island businesses that will not pass on increased costs to employees. Quote, we as a company have been absorbing the increases for the last several years. That quote from Dee Dee Gotthelf, managing partner of Southampton Inn, minutes before she talked with her insurance broker to pick a an insurance plan for 2024. She settled on one with a 6.5% premium increase. Quote, maybe we make a little less money, but employees have a bit less stress on them financially. Gotthelf said, we have wonderful employees and we want to keep them. We want to make them happy and we want to do the right thing, end quote. Statewide, most companies are telling the Business Council of New York State they are absorbing a majority of the premium increases, according to Chelsea Lemon, the group's director of government affairs. Looking at schools since 2011, school districts on Long Island and statewide have used special off-season elections more than 400 times to approve nearly nine Billion dollars in spending, mostly through bond borrowing, a review by a nonprofit advocacy group, uh, has found John Hildebrand and Michael R. Ebert reporting on Newsday.com that in the Nassau Suffolk region, districts, districts have held more than 70 of these special uh, local votes over the past dozen years and approved nearly $1.4 billion in spending. According to data collected by the Empire Center for Public Policy, an Albany area think tank, and provided to Newsday under state law, school systems can schedule referendums on bond props at any time of the year, not just during regular school elections in May. Typically, the money borrowed with voter approval is spent on school construction or renovation not covered by annual district Budgets. This approach is controversial, with some calling it undemocratic because voting may be held during periods when many voters are away from home on vacation or otherwise preoccupied. School representatives insist, on the other hand, that voting schedules must be flexible, for example, by allowing for referendums in December when districts often are preparing for summertime repairs. School representatives also say that special elections are an open process with ample public notification. Districts under law must public legal notices four times in advance of votes with the earliest published at least 45 days prior. And finally, four young women are facing felony grand larceny charges following a theft this past Thursday at the TJ Maxx at Bridgehampton Commons on Montauk Highway. 
Tom Gagola reporting on 27East.com that Southampton Town police alleged two of the women loaded up shopping carts with items before leaving the department store without paying for any of the merchandise. The women then got into a white sedan with jersey plates and attempted to flee the area only to be spotted shortly thereafter uh, by responding officers as the vehicle passed through Watermill headed west. Police report uh, that officials unsuccessfully attempted to pull the car over. Then the driver of the car uh, turned the vehicle around and started to head east for several miles on Montauk Highway, during which time passengers in the vehicle were observed throwing clothing out the windows before the car hit a police vehicle at the intersection of Montauk Highway and Hayground Road. The women were subsequently arrested by Southampton Town Police while village police from Southampton lent a hand recovering the merchandise from the side of the road. Clothing items were also recovered from the car, along with wire cutters used to remove anti-theft devices, according to police, who eventually determined over $1,500 in merchandise had been stolen, all of which was eventually recovered. The four women, uh, between the ages of 20 and 27, live in Belport, Selden, Amityville, and Hempstead. Each were charged with grand larceny in the fourth degree and criminal possession of stolen property in the fourth degree, both felonies plus some misdemeanors. The women were processed and released at Southampton Town Police Headquarters in Hampton Bays following the alleged theft and subsequent escape attempt from the TJ Maxx crime, the latest in an ongoing and nationwide organized theft trend that has also been visited upon the Target outlet in Riverhead and the Balenciaga retail store in East Hampton. Reading the weather in Riverhead in honor of the Peconic Hockey Foundation, we should have Kevin McCormick uh, joining us at the bottom of the hour to talk about the new uh, NHL-sized rink in Calverton. Let's see what we got. Increasing clouds today with a high near 51 degrees in Riverhead. West wind 10 to 14 miles per hour tonight, mostly cloudy and gradually becoming mostly clear with a low around 35 degrees. Northwest wind around 10 miles per hour. Right now it's 48 degrees. And I've got the sugar edition of the heart prepared for you this morning. It might not. I, I don't know how the transitions will be. I had a tough morning. I got on the road and realized I had five miles before I was going to be empty. And then I ended up having to fill up at a gas station that charged me five miles, uh, $5 a gallon. Uh, a lot of fives this morning, but we're going to start with the four tops. Talking Heads, Julie Andrews and Ann Racklin uh, narrating sh- the Sugar Plum Fairy part of the Nutcracker Ballet for a little Grateful Dead and Neil Young. I'm Jenna Volpe. These are the four tops and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLI WFM 88.3 on the FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9 in central and western Suffolk County, streaming online wherever you may be at WLIW.org slash radio.
Ooh. I like the lineup. Coming at you. Looks like I could think pretty well on the fly. Just not act. <laughs> I just turned off the music with my pinky for a second. Great track. I'm talking heads. that must be done, there is an element of fun. You find the fun and snap! The job's a game. And every task you undertake becomes a piece of cake. A lark, a spree, it's very clear to see that a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. The medicine go down, medicine go down, just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, in a most delightful way. A robin feathering his nest has very little time to rest, while gathering his bits of twine and twig. Though quite intent in his pursuit, he has a merry tune to toot. He knows a song will move the job along. For a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. The medicine go down. Medicine go down. Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down in a most delightful way.
Bees that fetch the nectar from the flowers to the comb Never tire of ever buzzing to and fro Because they take a little nip from every flower that they sip And hence, and hence, they find, they find Their task is not a Listening to WLIWFM NPR Radio. It had been a busy day in the Prince's Kingdom. Everyone knew that Clara was expected, and everybody was helping to prepare a great party in her honour. The Sugar Plum Fairy was in charge. Seated on her throne in her palace, she too was busy supervising the army of helpers. The palace was made of spun sugar and icing and decorated with candies and sweets of every kind. As the sugar plum fairy waved her wand, in came a procession of cooks and bakers, their trays laden with delicious cakes and sweets. The sugar plum fairy stood up, stepped delicately from her throne and inspected them all. Cutting into the dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy just a little bit. Right, a lot of it. But I don't want to keep our guest on bake. Uh, very grateful to have on the line with us Kevin McCormick of Peconic Hockey Foundation. We're talking about something very exciting, which is the opening of the new NHL-sized rink at EPCAL. Uh, did you guys just open this weekend, Kevin? Uh, we actually opened last weekend. Our grand oh. opening was Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, my gosh. All right. So so tell me everything. How has everything been going? Everything has been going incredibly well. Uh, we've had a lot of wonderful community support and support from uh, a lot of the businesses in town, Riverhead Building Supply, and, and many of the great contractors we had to help put the rink together. And most importantly, we've had a lot of wonderful response from the public of coming to the rink and and skating and we've been overwhelmed by how many people have been coming and skating and trying the rink out the last couple the last two weekends so kevin is the general manager over at the rink uh came to uh, troy albert uh, who started uh, peconic hockey foundation with his wife karen in 2015 through emerald sports management so talk about talk about how how this thing came together and when it all really started, um, you know, Peconic Hockey Foundation has been around for years. Troy and Karen had a wonderful vision eight eight or ten years ago to bring an ice skating rink and, and ice hockey and ice skating to the east end of Long Island. It's been something that's been talked about for well over 25 years. And they had a vision and we connected about three years ago and we're had a whole lot of evolutions of what we were going to do, but we, we ended up having the opportunity where a, a, an inflatable dome came to us that was a complete ice skating rink package with a chiller and the rink and the dashboards and a Zamboni. And we put it all together and were able to, we started in about August to, to break ground and, and put everything together. And it's amazing that we were able to put it together so quickly, yeah. considering they've been working on this for eight years. So right. it's, it's been a fantastic project and 
we're very excited to be here. So uh, will Peconic Hockey Foundation uh, still be running programming at the Southampton rink, or how will that all work? They will still rent some ice time there, but but majority of their programs and everything will be over here at, at the new rink at Peconic Ice Rinks in Calverton. So that's uh, that's kind of the goal, and, and we think – this will enhance ice hockey and ice skating in the, in the community because it will give more people an opportunity to participate and and both rinks will grow and, and survive and, and do really, really well. So I know we, we're, we've welcomed, we're going to be welcoming Kim Interdonato, uh, Director of Skating Programs and Services, on a different time. But do you, are, are you able to touch on the programs and services uh, that are going to be offered or are already being offered uh, as of now at all? Yes, we, the, the goal of this rink is it's a community focused rink. So we, we are all about grassroots programs and growing the sports of ice skating and ice hockey. So there's pl- many opportunities for the public to come public skating. We have public skating seven days a week. Many of the sessions are in prime time. We'll, we have learned to skate programs three to four days a week. We have learned to play hockey programs we have a wonderful partnership with the New York Islanders, and uh, they've been very supportive of the, of the, the facility and of the Peconic Hockey Foundation. And in addition, we have a Learn to Play Hockey program with the New York Islanders on Sunday mornings at 9:20. So there's many different programs, and the goal is is to to grow ice hockey and grow ice skating out here in the East End, so that we can have. Uh, more people participating and more people have something to do in the winter when when there's less opportunities for recreation out on the East End. Yeah, it looks like you're going to have youth and adult hockey leagues coming next year. I'm on the website, PeconicIceRinks.com, just to check out what's going on. Do you mind talking a little bit more about that relationship with the Islanders? Certainly. I mean, I mean John Ledecky and the whole Islanders team uh, Jocelyn Cummings and the whole Islander staff have been wonderful supporters of us. And it's the Islanders, again, are trying to grow the sport and get more people participating in ice hockey and and ice skating as well. So the Islanders do a partnership program with many rinks on Long Island, and we're fortunate to to work with them as well. But the Islanders have have supported us and supported the Peconic Hockey Foundation. They've helped bring some people to the organization who could help us financially and uh, the Islanders uh, have been so wonderful to us and and want to see this, this facility succeed because it's been a long time that, that somebody's tried to put a full-size ice skating rink out on the east end of Long Island. That was year-round. And the Islanders have just been tremendous in, in making that happen. And the one of the really nice things is that we've we've named the the rink uh, the, the the dome rink after Ed Westfall, who was a longtime Islanders player back in the in the early days, and he was the first captain of the Islanders, scored the first goal of the Islanders, and at our grand opening last weekend, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, we had Ed Westfall here, and John Tonelli and Pat Lafontaine and Steve Webb all came, and and we had a wonderful afternoon with all of them to to dedicate the the dome rink and name it the Ed Westfall arena. That must have been so special for him. Was it an emotional uh, it, uh, event? Yes. And Ed's a very emotional guy and a really, really wonderful person. And he's somebody who, who grew up in Canada and he played many years for the Boston Bruins. But when he got to the Islanders, he knew this was his home and he was a broadcaster for the team for 20 years. Fantastic. And he's just a very humble and wonderful wonderful man and and so wonderful to to meet and get to know him a little bit it's a beautiful thing i you know uh troy chimed in and i love that he did because uh he said that they that you guys have uh, teen nights on fridays uh so teens only and for me uh, i think that's a great thing because i think back uh, growing up in a, in a small town not a lot to do uh it can, it's it's great when there are places for for teens to go and really uh, put their energy somewhere positive, stay out of trouble, you know, that kind of thing? Yes, that's the the wonderful aspect of having a facility like this and, and having a place for people to, to come as families. The, all of our programs and our focus is on families and uh, having a place for teens to come on a Friday night or and we'll probably add Saturday nights as well for them to come and, like you said, do something 
positive and and use their energies and work you know skate together and and hang out together in a, in a safe environment and 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 do things that are fun together and and it's close by to a lot of different communities so we expect to have lots of different communities skate and here at this obviously a very exciting thing for the wildcats to have a new home uh definitely the the wildcats they i must I, be so I, psyched I, they're so excited <laughs> I, I sympathize with them for the last eight years they've been traveling around uh to many different rinks all over long island for practice time and for games and it's it's amazing that Troy and Karen were able to build this program as strong as it is by by doing the program that way. That's not typically how it's done, but they persevered and were able to have this facility and everybody is so excited to be able to just come here for their practices and for their games and they're all amazed when they walk in. Many 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 of them were were wonderful to us and volunteered and helped put the dome up and helped build locker rooms and help sweep the floors and clean up and, and make the facility presentable. And but when many of them walk in here for the first time, they're amazed at how nice the facility looks and how excited they are to be here and to have a home. And it's only going to make the program stronger and get more participation in hockey. And we'll have many different levels for anybody who wants to play at, at any level. And so. the region and the region. I mean, this is really a huge thing for the East End. And I am just very uh, excited for all of you and uh, the, the you know uh, for you Kevin and for all of Peconic Hockey Foundation and uh, for the folks out there who want to skate uh, PeconicIceRinks dot com for more information. Uh, I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Kevin McCormick of Peconic Hockey Foundation. Uh, this is the Grateful Dead and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you just heard a segment underwritten by Jennifer Benton on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM, news you can trust, music you love on 88.3 and 96.9 FM, streaming online to wherever you may be at WLIW.org slash radio. It's the heart of the East End.
Listening to the weekday morning and midnight show, The Heart of the East End, featuring music from all decades and genres, and interviews with folks from all walks of life, all because of you, the listener supporter of WLIWFM. Now you 
you say you're leaving home Cause you want to be alone Ain't it funny how you feel When you're finding out it's real Oh, to live on Sugar Mountain With the Barkers and the colored balloons You can't be 20 on Sugar Mountain Though you're thinking that you're leaving there too soon Elizabeth Cotton, you get a little bit of it all. You're on WLIWFM, Long Island's only NPR radio station. Done it. 
of Kane. Now for something completely different. A little Sonic Youth doing Sugar Cane from their dirty record 1992. WLIWFM's Heart of the East End. Music from all decades and genres. Interviews with folks from all walks of life. All because of you, the listener supporter. Donating to WLIWFM.org. Shining, and I know there's something down there. She was so 
started rock and it just can't stop we'll rock right on into the npr news break the title track of joanne shaw taylor's 2009 record it's white sugar on wli wfm 88.3 on your fm dial throughout eastern long island and coastal connecticut 96.9 in central and western suffolk county streaming online to wherever you may be WLIW.org slash radio. I'm Jenna Volpe. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome and you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station. News you can trust, music you love on WLIWFM. The heart of the East End. <laughs> 